This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs. A fresh look at astrology shaped by channeled wisdom on the soul and its human journey. Enjoy inspirational insights on how to change karma and make changes for the better. And now, here's Tom. Hey, welcome to The Soul's Journey. This is uh, Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. I'm an evolutionary astrologer and an energy worker and a channel, and I combine all of that in uh, different kinds of work to help you figure out why you're here, help you upgrade what you're vibrating, shed the past, release the past, and uh, uncover what you're here to do, life purpose, the meaning of life as it comes through your particular uh, personality and persona. So that's what I do. I talk to spirit guides. I talk to dead people. Talk to uh, an Ascended Master and an Archangel, and I also do energy work together with them on you. And uh, I also charge crystals. So I'm kind of, kind of doing quite a lot of different things with the, with the singular purpose of supporting you in seeing how to become empowered to be a conscious operator of your own life. Well, I guess I could just like uh, vamp on that kind of thing forever, but I do want to do a show. Anyway, that's just a little generic intro for those of you who are um, who are joining for the first time or just coming across this uh, podcast. Uh, the show's been on for about two and a half years, so there's a wealth of uh, archived episodes on my site that you can subscribe to. It's also included as a perk for subscribers to my monthly service. And tonight you're going to hear a little bit about uh, my overview of the uh, full moon in Virgo, which is happening tomorrow, March 5th. I'm going to do a little overview of that. Uh, but subscribers to my monthly service get the in-depth user's manual for every month, including uh, new moons and full moons, ingresses when planets change signs, retrogrades, major aspect patterns. Uh, there's kind of a whole variety of things uh, that subscribers get every month, and uh, you can check that out through tdjacobs.com, including the archive of the show. And now there are about 120 episodes. Quite a lot of, quite a lot of information I've been uh, sharing over the last uh, few years. So I want to start with some announcements first. You've been, if you've been listening to the show uh, and or the podcast lately, you've been hearing me talk a lot about uh, charging crystals. The new word is programming. And I, I probably mentioned it last week, but but the more I use that word instead of charging them, uh, the better it feels. Like right now, using it feels a little surreal because I'm uh, I've been in a kind of a Neptunian space, uh, talking to beings and meditating quite a lot. Uh, but programming, my acquaintance from whom I bought Orlight Twenty Three at the Gem Show, um, I still haven't shared the audio. Actually, there was a show a few weeks ago where I shared uh, things I spoke about with uh, on the show with some vendors there, and I didn't get to uh, editing uh, the the conversation I had with him, which was fascinating. But anyway, um, Ross from EarthFamilyCrystals.com uh, said to me, well, when you program them, and then he was just kind of giving me this guidance that was coming through while we were talking. It was, it was really great. And then I said, yeah, I'm programming them. I'm programming them to have a certain effect. They have a certain effect, and then I'm amplifying that by putting in this energy and basically telling the stone to do certain things uh, in 
your life. So programming crystals. Also, using the word charge, so many different um, different ways that word can come out. And I, in working with students in intuitive skills development classes and clients and uh, coaching uh, clients, what I find is I, I like to use that word charge to talk about when an emotion is unresolved or is unfiled or is floating around uh, like a free radical kind of bouncing off things. Uh, so if I think of an old memory and it still hurts, there's a charge there. So that's how I typically tend to seem to kind of prefer using that word. So I'm going to try to be using the word programming, but programming the crystals. Um, there's one onyx left right now, and then I have a, uh, another set of a few dozen, almost three dozen, uh, to do in the next couple of weeks. But right now, out of the first set, uh, there's one charged onyx uh, left on my site. Um, Shivalingams are up there for balancing masculine and feminine. The onyx is for plutonium empowerment and processing and purging of all kinds of things. Uh, it's the onyx has helped me uh, manage not just manage emotion and energy, but really harness the energy that can sometimes come out as frustration and anger that I've been dealing with for most of my life since I was probably about four in different ways, trying to deal with anger and also when I'm not doing it that well, dealing with the reality of other people who are not doing that well with managing their own anger, who are drawn or vibrated to me because I'm not sure how to do it. So I'm bringing it, you know, I'm, I'm drawing more, you know, I guess the, the, the nice way to say it is you draw more opportunities to process what you need to process when you're not processing it. So as I, at different times in my life, when I haven't been that good with anger, I've drawn angry people. So anyway, um, the onyx has really helped me with that. And to the point that I can put that energy toward what I want my life to be and serve. So a couple of research projects with PTSD and also autism, and I'm able to think big because I contain more of my energy instead of leaking it through frustration. So the onyx are definitely uh, winners. <laughs> anyway, so you can keep up uh, with uh, Facebook or, or my blog or with Twitter to uh, find out when the next set is available and also in my blog. So, yeah, and then the shivalingams for balancing masculine and feminine, ultimately for becoming more whole in being able to access both. So being able to do something, but at the right time for the right reasons. Again, another angle on not leaking energy because you either think you have to do something or you're reacting instead of responding. So those are on the site as well. This Saturday is when the Labradorites, the first set, will be posted I gave the students in my intuitive skills class a week, so starting Saturday, they have a week to uh, sort through them because I just felt inspired to, to give them dibs. Uh, but this uh, coming week, there'll be eight or ten, probably, uh, that'll be posted. And those are for increasing and supporting intuition. Essentially, being able to see the cause of a thing while you're experiencing the thing. This is really great for – because people say, well, what is, what is intuition? And I might say, well, it's a way of knowing something that your linear logical mind doesn't really grasp or accept. There's a there's a form of intuition that can be developed, which is called symbolic sight. The first time I came across that was in Carolyn Mace's um, uh, Anatomy of the Spirit, which is the text I use for my intuitive skills development classes. And symbolic sight is seeing a thing 
as you know the cause of a thing simultaneously with the thing itself. So being in a pattern, being in a kind of dynamic that seems to keep happening, or even being in a situation that maybe you haven't experienced before, but it's confusing or you just don't understand why, the Labradorite will help you cut through that pretty effortlessly. Now, now you have to be grounded. You have to be connected to the earth. So I recommend getting a tiger iron as well with all these crystals. Um, you have to be in your body and you have to be willing to be open and willing to see what there is to see. But it will not. getting grounded what about cleaning up and improving your relationships with your body money and others energy worker and channel tom jacobs infuses crystals with the supportive clarifying and empowering energies of archangel metatron and ascended master jehudi aka thoth saint germain and merlin Charged Tiger Iron powerfully engages your first, second, and third chakras, while Charged Red Jasper activates Chakra 2. Users report improved sleep, deepened meditation, increased trust of their bodies, intuition, and spirit guides, better boundaries, and heightened confidence to follow their passions. Included with each charged piece are channeled resources and ongoing support from Tom Jacobs. Get your charged crystal at tdjacobs.com. Hey, welcome back to The Soul's Journey. You got cut off because the internet at my house just decided to uh, to kick me off for, for no apparent reason. Not that the internet wasn't working. I just got kicked off. So anyway, it's very frustrating. I'm doing the best I can, and I end up having to repeat myself all the time. So... Um, yeah, I just told my producer I'm going to use a cell phone from now on because this is – so you're going to have shitty quality because this is just you know a waste of my time to keep doing things over and over again. So Labradorite is supposed to help intuition. You can see the stuff on my site as of Saturday if you want more information. You want to hear all the stuff that I said when the internet cut out. So um, moving on to the, um, the show, it's about stuff and junk. Yeah, I just need to – cool down for a second because I just has redone so many things this week over and over again because of tech problems. And I just, it's hard to have the energy to do that all the time. So I want to talk a little bit about this um, Virgo full moon. Of course, the sun's in Pisces, the moon's in Virgo. So it's not the Pisces full moon. It's the full moon in Virgo. And you figure it's going to be at 14 degrees Virgo Pisces. And, um, You've had a couple of weeks with the sun in Pisces, the sun putting the giant flashlight in the sky, essentially, is the sun on Piscean themes, Piscean ways of being. So surrender, merging, letting go of control, which is probably what this is about. For me, I'm not supposed to try to control how my work or life goes, so the internet can do whatever it wants. Um, and so we've had a couple of weeks where the sun has been in Pisces. Now, about halfway through that time, it passed over Neptune 
in Pisces. So really giant flashlight on what you can't control. Um, because Neptune and Pisces says you have to surrender and you say, yeah, but I had this plane and Neptune and Pisces says, you're going to surrender. And you say, well, that, that's great. I'm happy to surrender, but let me, you know, let me get back to you in 20 minutes or 10 years. And Neptune says, you're getting sleepy. You're going to surrender, you know, kind of like with the little swirly thing that's turning in front of your eyes, like the old, like, uh, the old trick to mesmerize you. Anyway, so sun passed over Neptune just about a week ago, um, you know, towards the end of February, about seven degrees of, uh, Pisces. And now it's coming up to Chiron, but it's going to hit that in a few days after, after the, uh, you know, be exact after the full moon. But anyway, so it's passing through this territory in the zodiac, which is about surrendering, and Neptune is standing there as this kind of um, um, creative, mystical, dreamlike guide, signpost, guidepost kind of thing, saying, you're going to surrender. You're going to find yourself incapable of resisting surrendering. So what do you surrender to becomes a huge question. What is it that you're surrendered to? Is what you're surrendered to real? Does it vibrate as true for you? Or are you just kind of checking out and trying not to think about things? Um, so anyway, so as of the time, you know, so that's kind of midway through this, the last couple of weeks, about a week ago. Sun and Pisces now at about 14 degrees for the for the full moon. Now the full moon comes in and there's a there's this invitation for a course correction or kind of a balancing point. But there's a need. Moon always describes a need of the moment. Moon transiting, anyway. So it will show, which is the idea of reflecting back, reflecting the light of the sun, which shows the sun, which represents rational intentions and conscious thought. Um, reason uh, will show it something. A Virgoan suggested course correction to the Piscean reality. Virgo is always about discernment, making choices, and discrimination, which I invite you to put back into your vocabulary as a positive. <laughs> so we, uh, discrimination, you know, the first, what is the first thing you think of when I say discrimination? Of course, it's all this like racial, political, cultural stuff that we're, you know, swim, swimming around in the last, uh, the last several millennia, uh, as long as there have been people, in other words. Um, so, uh, the Virgo full moon is about getting specific to meet a need and making choices. I could do these 40 things, but here I'm going to do this thing because that is what is real right now. Added to the story, Sun's conjunct Chiron and the asteroid Persephone and widely conjunct Neptune. Neptune at 7, Persephone at 13, Sun at 14, Chiron at 17. So... <laughs> Uh, the sun has on its side this energetic sensitivity, this awareness that, it, you know, Chiron, Chiron, the energetic sensitivity, the energy antenna, um, Neptune, the awareness that I need to surrender control, and Persephone, I may need to mature in how I surrender. So am I surrendering to not having boundaries, to absorbing other people's energies? I've done an energy work session every day this week, and I have more this week. Uh, every, every day somebody's calling me for a release and calibration session and they want to know some astrology stuff, but they need to get to the bottom of the thing that they perceive blocks them. And I think this has to do with this, 
sun passing over Neptune and now getting close to Chiron. But anyway, Persephone in here says, I need to mature. I need to abduct myself as an adult into a better way of doing this thing, which is experiencing my feelings, dealing with emotions. And I would, I would offer that the, the route is always beginning with getting grounded. So the Virgo full moon opposes it. The other dimension here added to the Virgo full moon is the true black moon Lilith at 11 Virgo. Do not use the um, – like I'm not usually heavy-handed about anything, like telling you to use this house system or don't use that aspect or use this orb for a sextile. Like I don't, I don't care. About the, a great many things I don't care. Like please, assert your free will. Do whatever the expletive you want. But I will tell you that if you're interested in Lilith, and it's fascinating, <laughs> and you use the average or mean position, you will get nothing out of it. Don't, don't do it. Don't use it. The true position, the oscillating apogee, could be up to 30 degrees different. Sometimes it isn't. Like in my natal chart, it's uh, about 5 degrees different. But in some people's charts, it's you know, 10, 15, 30 degrees. So use the true black moon. How I find this is I go to astro.com and under additional planets and points in the little text box at the bottom of the uh, extended chart selection page, you can follow that, um, I type H13, and that's how you pull up the true black moon Lilith. If you use the Lilith that's listed in the box with Chiron and Pallas and Ceres and blah, 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 um, if you use that one, you're going to get the average mean position because the, peop- the guy who owns and, and runs and programs Astro.com thinks that H13, the oscillating apogee, is baloney. And he's just very closed-minded. He doesn't get it. So use the true black moon. When it shows up in those astro.com charts, it's OSC period capital L, as in osculating Lilith. Uh, Actually, it used to be OSC period. And then when I pitched the Lilith natal report to him several years ago – I made one for him and five of his staff members, and they they read their own and evaluated them and discussed it. And they, they were already having a conversation, and he's been a really loud uh, proponent of the, how you can't use what I use. And anyway, um, at, after that, it started showing up as OSC period capital L because he saw that I'm using it and that I'm getting the word out there. So he added the L in there so it's less confusing. Anyway, that was my little mark I'm leaving on the world <laughs> indirectly. Um, oh, and by the way, his Saturn is square my Saturn, and he was at his second Saturn return, so he's getting this challenge, a Saturnian challenge of you know sticking up for for his Virgo and thing, Saturn and Virgo. Anyway, so um, I'm really tangential tonight because the, the tech thing stresses me out. Okay, so Lilith is about instinct and wildness, as in don't try to control with your mind what you need to do. We hear the you know this, the same idea as discrimination. Well, what do you think of? The same thing with wildness. What do you think of? That's what your parents told you not to to do and give into when you were a teenager. <laughs> it's like that's you know it, that that the wild. Those are the people your parents told you not to date. Most of them, or were concerned about just in case that person you may date, you know, might turn out to be that word. Um. You know, we live in this control-based place where we're afraid of what might happen if we're not in control all the time. And that's a major theme of this full moon anyway. Um, so wildness, instinct, going your own way, even if something looks good on paper, 
you'll hear me say over and over again on the show and, and even in the Lilith book, uh, I talk about this. Somebody looks or something looks good on paper and then you are around that person or in that situation and your skin crawls. You can't deal with it. You are energetically, psychically, spiritually allergic to that situation or person. That's Lilith. It's a, that's a lower chakra immune response actually. Can't deal with this. Forget it. So that is with this moon in Virgo. So you're not supposed to start, you know, go into your head. Virgo moon, you might think you're supposed to go into your head. No, you're supposed to be specific. That's the Virgo angle. And, uh, with the, with the true black moon Lilith to let what you choose be guided by instinct. That's the whole message here. Um, moon is also quincunx. About 150 degrees, it's actually almost exact, it was within eight, eight minutes of orb, to uh, Uranus and then also with a Venus in uh, Aries. And then, of course, not far from the Uranus at 14 is uh, Mars at 10 Aries, right on the, the transiting south node. So there's um, change that needs to occur. And you should allow yourself to let instinct – Choose the right thing because you'll, you may have a quantum shift. You may have a radical shift if you allow instinct to guide you. So that's the overview of this, uh, of this uh, full moon. I, um, as I said, I do offer a, an in-depth user's manual every month to uh, subscribers to my monthly service, and that's fantastic. Uh, and also there are a bunch of perks for, um, for savings on classes and – some charged crystals and all kinds of things and paperbacks and all kinds of things and also uh, lots of audio perks. And for example, the upcoming processing trauma and grief calls of series of four Thursday calls to, to really uh, transform deep emotions that are difficult to deal with. You may not be sure how to dislodge and really work with in a conscious way. That starts March 26th. That's the other announcement. Uh, subscribers get that for 80. Everybody else gets that for 125. So there are some noticeable perks along the way that I try to make available or I do make available uh, every month. So uh, that's the story on um, on the full moon. I also wanted to um, talk about the Saturn in Sagittarius is about to station and it's just under five degrees where it's going to station soon. Um, transiting Neptune in Pisces is in the seventh is in the eighth degree, right? It's between seven and eight. So they're not exactly square yet. That story kind of gets louder in December when they, when they do square after, like Uranus will go, or sorry, Neptune will go retrograde in Pisces. And then Saturn soon will station and then later in the year go direct and they'll meet again at, uh, I believe it's uh, seven degrees of the sign. So I want to talk a little about, about that, uh, because we're in this ramping up phase of it. There's, there are some hints. And there are kind of whispers on the wind of what that, that challenge is about. I actually had one last Thursday. I had an experience like that and I was telling my students this weekend. Um, actually, I'm going to go to my email because, um, one of my subscribers actually sent me a, uh, an email about the Saturn Neptune thing. She asked me on the subscriber call because I do a, uh, a check in every month. Like, like subscribers can call in and ask me a bunch of, random or focused questions um <laughs> for an hour every month and and so we did that on saturday and so uh karen in new york is asking me about uh loss of control over privacy and how people and companies know us she's talking about electronic stuff 
and, and there's something really loud in the news right now about um, some uh, internet service provider. I'm just blanking on the detail um, that they're offering this uh, new internet service in I think two major markets in the U.S. and it is a hundred times faster than normal internet service. So it's really an amazing leap in uh, you know in, in speed. And they're offering you at $44 a month, over 500 a year, if you don't want ARDS, at, ARDS targeted, ads targeted to you and you want your data and your searches kept private, then you pay this extra fee. And it's kind of hidden in the service agreement apparently. When you get to the end of it, there's a little tiny box at the bottom apparently that says, uh, I would like to see plans that protect my privacy. <laughs> anyway, so so that kind of thing is loud. So, and so Karen's question um, about that, and then the second part of her question is about taking practical precautions versus overreactive fear. So that has that has a tremendous uh, there's a there's a great deal of goodness. <laughs> in that question that relates to the Saturn Uranus or sorry the uh, Saturn Neptune square which which she knew I was just kind of spacey on the call so I said email it to me um, so Saturn's in Sagittarius and there's a story about realism about what you believe and what makes somebody authoritative or what makes what invests an authority figure or an institution with authoritative power uh, that's the kind of Saturn and Sagittarius. That's one lens of it. It is about government. It is about regulation. It's about business. And when Saturn goes into Sagittarius, how big your reach is may come into, if, as an authority figure or corporation or institution or government, how big your reach is and what grounds it, it's based on, like what foundation it has may come into question. Are you, is that really practical to be that big? Or is, you know, is it really feasible to think that you really own that? And you're in charge of that. That's that's one idea. Neptune and Pisces, as I mentioned earlier, is about this uh, this need to surrender, the need to give up control. But ideally, you're aligned with what's good. What's and I, I, I say what's capital T true for you? Not good like uh, well anyway, not good versus bad, but just like the right thing. Am I aligned with the right thing? Um. So there's square, which is always pressure and friction. And squares between slower moving planets, you know, I talk about the Pluto-Uranus squares quite a lot over the last couple of years. And actually next week you're going to hear astrologer Margaret Gray with me talking about the Pluto-Uranus squares uh, just before the uh, last one, a few days before the, the seventh one in mid-March. Um, but talking about tectonic plates grinding against each other may not be as intense in certain ways as the Pluto-Uranus squares because Pluto and Uranus are two outer planets. But the Saturn-Neptune, Neptune, of course, is an outer planet. And when you square Saturn, you're up against the appearance of authority and what looks uh, strong. What you know? What's the basis of that? But what, what is it? When you're up against Neptune in a square, you are up against undeniable truth and ultimate reality. So you're talking about manifest ideas, manifest processes and identities, Saturn and Sagittarius, like real world things, in a tectonic plate relationship with undeniable truth, unavoidable, non-illusory truth. So 
authority should get challenged. Notions of and identities of authoritative should should get challenged. So regarding privacy, you know, loss of control over privacy. From a bird's eye view, this illustrates or reflects that we as a collective are finding out that we are more connected. So a lot of this is kind of I'm, I'm pausing because there's uh, there are 93 things that I want to say right now. I'll tell you, I put a lot of these things down on an MP3 about uh, Neptune and Pisces that's uh, available uh, through my site. Also, Saturn and Sagittarius. There's an MP3 about an hour long on each one, uh, which, which are for sale on my site, tdjacobs.com. Go to the store and look for uh, recorded talks and lectures, and you'll see them in there. So I can do some shorthand here. Um Neptune and Pisces is this 14-year period in which we find out that we're connected. The loss of digital electronic privacy is one symbol of that. Now, from an individual perspective, we don't like this. We don't want to, this to happen. Yet it's one illustration of the fact that we are finding out that the barriers between us are not real. You know, our religious backgrounds, our linguistic differences, our philosophical, political differences – um, our gender, right? Our ages, our, our different uh, generational experiences. These are superficial, and we are in fact divine beings who are all having the same exact experience. Um, if your eighty-year-old self could talk to your fifteen-year-old self. Your 80-year-old self would say to your 15-year-old self, I still feel a little like I'm 15. Like, psst, I still feel like I'm 15. There's no difference in you except being shaped by time. But there's no difference between people in very different levels and situations and cultures except these outer superficial things. In time and age, we can look at them as superficial uh, related to the uh, existence of soul and uh, timeless consciousness that is operating through your life, like you are not your aging body. Your aging body is a vehicle for human experience. FYI, PS, something like that. So the appearance of privacy, now we're very attached to that for different reasons and not all of, you know, some of them are valid, whatever. I don't, I don't care, you know, <laughs> I'm not trying to dismiss that, but, but I'm less concerned about my digital privacy because I know that it's a function of the collective learning through a bunch of individuals freaking out <laughs> about electronic privacy that uh, we're all connected. Now, as far as practical precautions versus overreactive fear, if you decide you're in charge of your life and your choices, then you can just take the practical precautions. You can you can research that and find out. I don't know the details of how to do that, except, I, of course, I heard with this one internet service provider offering you this uh, extortion. <laughs> you know, they'll keep you private if you pay them five, over 500 a year. Uh, they won't target ads to you and sell your data and track your searches. And Oh, my gosh. Anyway, um, overreact. Well, it's just, you know, do you think you're in charge of your life? There are certain things that you're not in charge of, and that's part of the Saturn and Sag square, Neptune and Pisces. Some things you find out you're not in charge of. 
you know, if you're playing Saturn for the day, you're going to find out there's something you can't control. Um, if you're playing Neptune, you're going to find out that there's something you need to do something practical about. Like if you're sitting here saying, well, maybe I can't change anything. Then the Saturn and Sagittarius square Neptune and Pisces says, well, actually, you know, do some homework. Find out, like, like challenge the basis of that belief. There are some things you need to surrender to, but some things that you should do something about. Before the second break, I'm going to tell you the story about what I experienced uh, this week, and it was it's what I I, I told uh, what I told my students <laughs> students in class this weekend. Um, I made a mistake at the Lapidary Club, which is the Lapidary is the name for gemstones, crystals, jewelry, whatever, and that's where I go to cut and polish crystals. And uh, I made a mistake in not checking the oil level in one of the saws. And now, other people that day also did not check the oil level of the saws. I was at least the third person to use the saw that day. But by the time my rock was done, the blade was shot. So I was taken outside by the monitor, who's a volunteer, who's very experienced and trained in their, you know, how the club wants people to be to work. And I was given a lecture with this attitude that was as though I should feel bad. I should feel ashamed because it costs money and time and I didn't follow the instructions that I should feel shamed. He wasn't saying this. This was a subtext. And I'd been polishing Labradorite, which you can go hear in the, there's an MP3 on my site all about that, that, you know, I'm not going to repeat myself today, but you can go hear that. Um, I was stretching Labradorite, so my intuition was was on, and I felt like I was seeing the energy behind the thing, even as it happened. And um, I wasn't going to be shamed because I had already decided, just in general in my life, that I'm not available to be shamed. So he felt like he wasn't getting through to me because I think it must have appeared to him that I wasn't taking it seriously because I didn't feel bad. And this guy... He's a nice guy, but the whole time I've known him, <laughs> like 15 months or so, he has approached me as though he already knows I'm not going to listen, so he has to have an edge of this authority figure. Well, I don't respond well to authority figures who think that because they're authority figures, I should respect them. Like, I really don't care. And that's my Uranian flip attitude. I don't care. If you are... If you respect yourself, you'll radiate self-respect and I will respect you. You know, different things. If you're knowledgeable, I'll ask you for your advice. If you're wise, I'll, I'll appreciate that. But just because you think you're in, just because you've been put in charge of something doesn't mean that. And I've just had that problem since I was about eight years old. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think it's a problem. Let me say that I have had this simplistic, efficient, <laughs> this very efficient attitude that others have informed me is a problem since I was about eight years old. Uh, my poor, my poor dear mother was <laughs> was uh, obviously the uh, poster woman for that because she would. Uh, <laughs> I know I'm a little off track, but I'm going to indulge this for a moment. She would, um, you know, she's Sun Uranus in the eighth house in Gemini. That's that's her signature. She's also got an Aquarius Moon, an Aquarius South Node, uh, both in the fourth house, and um, so she's got a strong Aquarius signature. And I have this Uranus Mars in the first. And I just made a decision when I was young that I just really didn't care about a lot of things, but I cared very much about certain things. So if I forgot to do the chore on the timely basis, then my mom would get, you know, my mom would get a little frustrated. And then if I kept forgetting, 
Mercury Neptune over here, which kept happening. I wasn't doing it to be defiant mostly, most of the time. But anyway, when she kind of lost her cool and she was trying to punish me, I would just look at her very peacefully and calmly. And that made her mad because I wasn't respecting the authority. Anyway, I had this with this guy the other day. And um, yeah, he just apparently would have gone much better for him if I had felt ashamed. He didn't. Uh, yeah, I made a mistake, and I own it. I'm actually going to send a check-in to replace the blade. Like, he told me about how much it costs in the middle of the shaming conversation. And so so I'll send that in because that's taking responsibility for making a mistake that, you know, but it's an honest mistake, so I don't need to shame myself for it. So I'm in charge. So there you go. Saturn and Sagittarius, square Neptune and Pisces. I, I'm not interested in having that authoritarian energy impinge on my Neptunian happiness. Like, I feel pretty peaceful. I feel pretty cool. You know, I could feel pretty, uh, I feel pretty grounded and with it. And I feel like I'm tapped into what I need to do. So to try to shame me just doesn't work. And so we had a little conflagration, a little argument. Um, and then I brought up something else that when that conversation was over, he seemed like he was almost satisfied that he had lectured me. And then the conversation was over. I brought up something else to point out to him, a discrepancy in the rules. <laughs> Basically, wall, rules posted on the wall differ from what the monitors tell 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 us. And, I, and I've been scolded for this by him, by the, not doing this thing that the rules on the wall that I'm supposed to be responsible for and follow contradict what I'm told. So before I'm even told, though, I get scolded the first time I'm told. It's, it's a stupid thing. It's just ridiculous. And he yelled at me and um, was shaking his finger in my face and telling me that, you know, as the monitor, his word goes and that's it. And if I don't like it, he'll throw me out forever, which he has the, the power to do. And I said, OK, have a nice day. And I left. It was actually a question. I was like, OK, have a nice day. Uh, and then I, I left and decided to take a, a little time off from going there because I just cannot deal with these older guys losing their expletive because I'm not willing to be shamed. And that's what keeps happening. So God bless everybody. Let's take the second break. This is the soul's journey. I'm Tom Jacobs rambling and I'll be right back. Tom Jacobs, the host of CTR's The Soul's Journey, share insightful perspectives on astrology and spirituality, providing useful tools to help you make life better. Each month, Tom saves his most in-depth analyses for subscribers to his monthly service. Subscribers to tdjacobs.com receive a user's manual for each month when the sun changes sign. The sun's time in that sign, ingresses retrogrades, major aspect patterns, and new and full moons are covered in depth and help you make the most of the present moment. A channeled meditation and a monthly call to pick Tom's brain are included, as are a number of perks, exclusive materials, and savings on his classes and products. Read more and sign up monthly or yearly at tdjacobs.com. Need help getting grounded? What about cleaning up and improving your relationships with your body, money, and others? 
energy worker and channel Tom Jacobs infuses crystals with the supportive, clarifying, and empowering energies of Archangel Metatron and Ascended Master Jehudi, a.k.a. Thoth, St. Germain, and Merlin. Charged Tiger Iron powerfully engages your first, second, and third chakras, while Charged Red Jasper activates Chakra 2. Users report improved sleep, deepened meditation, increased trust of their bodies, intuition, and spirit guides, better boundaries, and heightened confidence to follow their passions. Included with each charge piece are channeled resources and ongoing support from Tom Jacobs. Get your charged crystal at tdjacobs.com. Hey, welcome back. It's me. This is the show. This is the Stuff and Junk Show. Um, just to finish up, just to wrap up with Karen's question, you know, taking practical precautions versus overreactive fear. Just to reiterate, because I got distracted <laughs> by my own uh, uh, tangent. Um, if you think you're you you're in charge of your life, if you think that you have choice, then you can choose practical precautions. If you think that you don't have control, then you're going to naturally come out with overreactive fear. So, you know, to sum up, sum this up with, with the, with the Saturn and Sagittarius square, Neptune and Pisces, the, the challenge to authority versus ultimate truth versus, you know, the, 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 the friction between, um, the desire to organize and order things and order things and people around in this tectonic plate, uh, tension and friction with surrendering to what is true. There's going to be a lot of opportunities uh, for the rest of the year, frankly, because it's it's kind of bring, coming up now. And, of course, we have the seventh Pluto-Uranus square in mid-March that is also about who's in charge of our lives and do we have authority because Pluto's in Capricorn, Saturn's sign. Uh, so that tectonic plate thing is is loud about authority and who's in charge. So you should sit down, listener – and go through different arenas of your life and evaluate honestly which ones you think you have control over, which ones you fear you do not have control over, which ones you very obviously do not have control over. And really look at your the belief behind all these things because some of them are old beliefs that need to be let go and surrendered, the square to Neptune and Pisces. So look at reality, Saturn. And how it may be developed through assumptions, through expecting the future to be repeats of the past. This is a Sagittarius idea. Through feeling jaded, oh, yes, I know what's going to happen. Oh, I've seen that before. Boring, boring. You know, looking at that and realizing that those attitudes can be shed so you can actually see with clarity and reality, you know, through realistic lens, what can be changed. So this is a process this year of finding out not what externally you can or can't control, but looking at your attitudes and approaches, looking at your assumptions and your beliefs about what can and can't or what should and shouldn't be controlled. So do you think, Karen, do you think you have control? I'm just kidding. You know, but do, do you, everybody, do you think that you can't have control over anything in your life? I was actually talking to a client today doing a really deep energy work session, a channeled energy work dealio. Um, 
And it, it, the, the, what ended up coming up was, because it was all third chakra stuff. She was having a health issue related to digestive organs, and she brought that. And I was kind of aware of that. I've worked with her for years, uh, maybe maybe three years or something. I don't know, but it seems like a long time. It's established, you know, connection there. And I'm aware that that you know there's a situation there uh, in in the digestive tract for her. And today we really looked at it, and it was about third chakra, a sense of do I have power? And so her body was manifesting this. Um, sense, which is informed by real experience and deep emotion, that she doesn't have control. And it turned out it was about the loss of two people very important to her, who, you know, I always, I always look at other people in our lives as reflective of what we need to learn to own about ourselves, which is why it's very hard to let go of people when we lose them, because we think that person made this experience happen. Well, kind of, but it's kind of the souls are in cahoots and we have to learn to own what, uh, you know, we have to own that. And that's actually, you can check out the channel books for me that cover that. The five channel books kind of go all around that issue uh, in different ways. Um, and it turns out that that sense, what was really informing the situation for her, this health issue, the health challenge, um, was not being able to control the support that others offer her because the people die sometimes. These two particular people had passed away. And so the work we were doing was about acknowledging that one can't control that, but then also owning what you can do. Taking, you know, basically claiming power in that situation for her is in remembering what that felt like to be with them and then owning it and doing it for herself. Realizing that those two beings, those two souls who were people, offered her this place where she could relax. That was the thing. Relax, safety, support, being able to just be herself fully. Anyway, so, um, you know, we're all in this position of how can we surrender to the terrible things? And that may come up for some of us with Neptune and Pisces, Square, Saturn, and Sag. I mean, some of it may look like pure and simple issues with authority figures. Like, I'm sure I'm going to have that tons. <laughs> I, just, I just know it. Um, which is fine. Which is fine. I'm developing a willingness to explore the possibility of establishing an exploratory committee to try to figure out if I want to head in the general direction of, you know, being okay with that. <laughs> That's where I am. <laughs> anyway, um, with with humbly and lovingly dealing with authority figures who have no authority in reality. <laughs> I mean, Neptune and Pisces square, uh, you know, square Saturn and Sagittarius. Like somebody's going to say you have to do it this way, and somebody else is going to look at them like, "I love you, divine being, but no." I appreciate you, goddess and God, working through the lens of this person attempting to establish authority so as to have self-confidence and a, and a position on which to base the identity. But no, that's, that's going to be one of the things. Uh, so Karen, thanks for that question. I feel like I answered it in 5% segments at a time, but I hope that was uh, definitely helpful. I actually have another question from one of my students in intuitive skills class. And Pat wrote, um, 
And basically, I keep in touch with all my students taking this class, and they can ask me anything. And I read her – she sent the email just a couple hours before the show, and I read it, and it actually fits with Saturn Neptune too. the idea of the uh, – how, how to – I see, now I have to go back to Karen's email because how she worded it was perfect. So <laughs> taking practical precautions versus overreactive fear. And um, and what Pat was writing about is um, is an issue in her family about a custody thing with her with her granddaughter, and um, and there's there's some complexities there. But but the thing is, um, you know, Pat asks, how can I spiritually and energetically help my son who's who's in this this challenging spot with this with this uh, potential custody situation, and. Um, she says, I know there's no easy answer for this, and he has to stay strong and be true to his convictions. Well, Pat, I think you just answered it for yourself. If you stay true to your convictions, you'll be a model, and that will help him um, be able to have that energy of support. Essentially, in this situation, you doing something isn't support, as I'm sure you already know. Um, and I'm sure he probably gets that too, because he's an adult and he knows that, you know, he's got to do what he's got to do and, and deal with it in the ways that work best. Um, but um, again, Saturn and Sagittarius, what should I be doing? What is the belief that I have that says I should do something, Saturn and Sagittarius? How should I view this? How should I fr- – and this is Pat. This is my answer kind of leading to it. How should I frame my view of this situation? So Saturn and Sagittarius square Neptune and Pisces. There is an ult- you know capital UT ultimate truth that's in play, that's at work. And – uh, you're seeing that, and also your personality is seeing the other idea of well, how can I, how can I support him in the right way? Like you're 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 aware that intervening in certain ways wouldn't wouldn't be good. And I know we talked about that this week when you mentioned, yeah, I, I'm aware that doing this or that isn't good, so I haven't, and that's good. Um, so for you to hold fast and hold all of the people, this is my recommendation: hold all of the people involved. In a space, in in a, in like in a bubble of love, every single one of them, every single person involved in the situation, not just your son and granddaughter, but but also uh, the son's mother, also any legal people that are engaged with this, uh, you know, any, any lawyers or judges or arbiters or whatever, um, mediators, holding everybody in a space of love and having faith, like. Basically, having expressing some divine power by choosing to have faith that it works out in the right way, that it works out in the best way for all involved. So look at your son. This is the second part of it. Look at your son as a divine being having this experience. He and his ex and the daughter and you, the, the granddaughter and you, you're all experiencing a module of learning more about what love is, where it comes from. And who's responsible for giving it to whom? As every single human struggles through that, until we don't, but every single human will struggle through that. And there are these acrobatics, you know, back bending, back breaking, all these like really intense machinations that we go through, including the kind of situation that, you know, your son is involved in. So holding space for him to figure out in the right way that he's going to figure it out and knowing that the best thing works out, that will keep you – keep different parts of you who want to be afraid or reactive from taking over. 
So I recommend holding st- the steadfast vision of everybody at their best. That means you give off a space of love, even if others aren't. That's, I perceive, given the information I have, and that that's the best way that you can um, support him, support him in that way. Like spiritually and energetically, you know, we have to watch people we love experience things that are painful and sometimes do things that cause them pain. And we hurt when our loved ones hurt. But there's this thing about trusting guidance, trusting our instincts, and trusting that boundaries are important, which is one of the things we talked about uh, in class, and that you would recognize, yeah, you get it. <laughs> you know. Um, but, but those things are extremely important. So spiritually and energetically, don't hope for the best. Don't wish for the best. Don't cross your fingers. Hold a space of love for everybody involved and look at each person as a divine being going through this sometimes arduous struggle of learning about what love is, where it comes from, and who's responsible for giving it to whom. The end of that journey, which we will all find out in time, and part of the purpose of this show that you know that reaches quite a lot of people now with the podcast subscribers, is to push you into seeing how to become the source of love for yourself. Everybody has to become the source of love for themselves. The situation, the custody thing, is a reflection that, you know, everybody's in this process. So thank you for that. Um, thank you for that question, Pat. And uh, we'll talk again in class this week. But, uh, but I, I wanted to work it in because it is also about Saturn and Sagittarius square, Neptune and Pisces. Like who's in charge? What's going to happen? Saturn questions. And the, the remedy can be surrendering to have faith. Not that everything's already perfect and there's no reason to do anything. Act when appropriate, but hold a space of compassion and love and view everybody involved as on that long-term journey to uh, to become the source of love for the self. Hold that space for your son and your granddaughter and, and the ex, the ex-partner, and uh, you'll be happier. So I've forgotten the first announcements to let you know about that, uh, to remind you of the uh, – Grief and trauma calls, processing grief and trauma, including working with Onyx, that start for four Thursdays on March 26th. And if you can't make the time of the call, you can get the uh, you can get the MP3s. Keep in touch with me through tdjacobs.com. Next week, Margaret Gray on the Pluto Uranus squares. Take care. You've been listening to the Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs, a fresh look at astrology and soul, inspired by channeled wisdom. For more information, tune in every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pacific. Connect with Tom directly via www.tdjacobs.com. That's tdjacobs.com.